This is Folklife Field Notes, a podcast between WMRA and Virginia Humanities, exploring living traditions in Virginia through recordings made by Pat Jarrett from the Virginia Folklife Program. I'm Chris Boros from WMRA, along with Pat Jarrett from Folklife. This summer, we had the opportunity to go to Mount Nebo RZUA Church in Portsmouth, Virginia, to record The Chosen Few. Everything will be all right when Jesus comes. Oh, everything is going to be all right when Jesus comes. The Chosen Few is one of the few remaining Tidewater Gospel Quartets, a cappella, four-part harmony groups, still singing actively. And they're comprised of a, n- a number of members from a number of different churches formed by Cornelius Smith and Bobby Hobson in 2012. And one of the singers is the reverend at Mount Nebo, which is Reverend Terrence Paschal. I came out of the army and I came home from Fort Lewis, Washington in the Tacoma area. I got home, it was a song, of album my brother had, The Persuasions, that's an acapella group as well. The title, The Street Corner Symphony, was a song up there called The Lord's Prayer. And we learned that song uh, in about 10 takes, you know what I mean, in, in, his, in his bedroom. And we took it to our father and he heard it and he got a good ear. He said, that sounds all right. But the next week, which was the first Sunday in March, 81, he took us to a program that he was having at his church. And we sung a couple of selections, one of his songs and Lord's Prayer, and it's, the rest is history. And it's changing, no, someday Your father, he was a, a prominent preacher in the area, yeah? He was the pastor for 30-something uh, years, you know, the Mount Moriah RZUA Church and the Mount, um, the Union Bethel RZUA Church for years. And he was always, you know, uh, they call him the singing preacher. He would do events and do promote events. And he was always on the uh, on the circuit, the gospel circuit in the Tidewater area. You know, he was singing until 1981. You know, that's when they met us. He was, he could hold his own. And people, you know, that old adage, boy, y'all can sing, but you ain't nothing like your daddy. <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's still today. He was somebody's preacher and some kind of singer. He was a philosopher. All I have to do is not mess it up. I'll meet you in the morning. I'll meet you in the morning. With the heart, how do you do? do, you do? We the Paschal brothers have been involved with the Virginia Folklife program since the beginning, and they're an amazing singing group. Here, you should you should listen to some of this music. Will you know me? Will you know me? In the morning, in the morning by the smile, by the smile that I wear. I'll meet you. I'll meet you. 
So you said that they are one of the few remaining quartets in the gospel world, acapella quartets, right? Tidewater gospel specifically. For It's a four-part harmony unaccompanied by music. It kind of centers around Norfolk, Virginia. After the Civil War, there were thousands of these groups. There were so many. I remember talking with Reverend Charlie McClendon, and he was saying that when he was younger, growing up in Hampton, there were groups on the corner just singing. Hmm. It was how you would socialize on Saturday night. It kind of has this pumping bass of the doo-wop sound, and you can see the link between that kind of gospel music and pop music of the day with the vocalizations. You can hear it in some of these songs. How can I thank you, Lord, for been to churches and arenas and all over the Tidewater area. Hampton, Newport News, Western Virginia. That was before Google Maps. And I don't know how Daddy found some of them places. Wooden churches, you know what I mean? Storefront churches, little churches in the woods. But like I said, my father always told us, if you're faithful and little, God will reward you with more. Is there any discussion about why a lot of these bands have disappeared? We made this recording for the Library of Congress. This kind of music was popularized by groups like the Golden Gate Quartet out of Norfolk and the Blevins Quartet and Heavenly Gospel Singers. These are like 20s and 30s. And I think from what I've read, the style of gospel music changed. They added full bands Mm -hmm. and big sounds and full choirs. And this sound just kind of fell out of popularity. someone you know where they're going my daddy taught us learn the song first then you can play with it just like a drummer a drummer they call it stay in the pocket and once you get the basic then you can roll and play but get back don't lose your footing out there because if you lose your footing he'll tell you don't do that again until you learn how to step out without hitting anyone and coming back to That's just one pitch, and everybody is painting and gliding around. The Lord told me to hold on. He'll be there. Oh, he'll be there. The Lord told me to hold on. He'll be there. Oh, he'll be there. My theory, I mean, there's a lot of work that goes in to singing these harmonies. They sing four days a week. They practice three nights a week, and they sing all day on Sunday. 
I'm just speculating, but it's it's an undertaking to do it well. Reverend Paschal talks about it. The intricacies of, of, of harmony is called a quartet. And the reason it's called a quartet is usually because four people are singing. However, it could be if you can get uh, five people in there, you know what I mean? This group is so tight that the intricacies, our, our mantra was don't step on anyone's toes, that's a singing. Don't sing anyone's pitch. As long as you don't touch anyone's pitch. This group, they have the four-part harmony that we had, and I couldn't get in. But the point that I'm making is this. They allow us an opportunity to get a fifth. Uh, I've heard this group singing six-part harmony. Just don't touch anyone's pitch. <laughs> don't do it. If you've ever tried to sing harmony, <laughs> you know how really hard it is. It's so difficult. This is why I use an instrument when I'm making music. <laughs> right. Because I, my voice is used for a lot of things. <laughs> Hence the podcast. You too. I mean, we're, we're here talking. But to, to sing in a group of people and to sing a distinct note that's different from the people standing next to you, I'm in awe every time I hear it. And especially... When it's only voices filling a room and filling an entire church, that, it shakes me to my core. It's such a beautiful tradition. And this music definitely informed pop music. Well, God told Noah, God told Noah, to build a building on cubic I think in America, you can't talk about any genre of music unless you're talking about gospel. It's kind of safe to say this is how rock and roll became rock and roll. It comes from that tradition, does it not? 100%. Yeah. It all comes from gospel and blues in these black communities. If you can rock them on Saturdays and make it to Sunday, that's the thing. That's the gift. Oh, it's gonna rain. Oh, it's gonna rain. It's gonna rain for 40 days. I want it. Something that Reverend Paschal talks about is singing with his family. And that's such an important structure for his musical life. You know, he said that he came back from the army, learned a song with his brothers, and their father, who was known as a singing preacher in the Norfolk area said, all right, let's hear it. And then the next week, put them in front of the entire church. I grew up in a place called Tidewater Park. And me and my brothers, we used to sing 
together. We were in church singing in the choir and things of that nature. But we used to get on the street corner, you know, get under the tree, what I would call liquid assistance. <laughs> we sing Temptations. We were singing the Spinners, the Whispers, the Manhattans, anything that had harmony. And people would enjoy it, man. One time, we, my father always hears about things, and he says, um, we come to rehearsal that Tuesday. One Sunday night, we won the gong show, got that hundred dollars. That Tuesday, we were at rehearsal. My father said, how many people in this group? We say five. He said, because I heard y'all had a program. And I'm like, we didn't have a program. He said, did y'all sing at the club Casablanca? Yes, sir. He said, did y'all win? Yes, we did. So how much you win? He said, $100. He said, now, if it's five men in the group, that's $20 a man. He said, I would have came. Y'all didn't tell me. We didn't tell him because we knew we had no business <laughs> in death. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he would, somebody told it. Everybody knew us because we were from the area. We had fans that were proud of us. So we all had to give him $5 a piece, give him his cut. Uh, but he said, at least you won. I want it So he learned his craft through his family. Like a lot of musicians mm-hmm. who practice traditional music, they grew up listening to it, they grew up playing it, dancing it, and then it just continued and continues. And for these guys in The Chosen Few, is that the same for all of them, do you think? I can't speak for these other singers and their families. We don't have the relationship yet. But I do know that they're dedicated to the church, and they participate by singing. In some of these songs, you could feel the connection to the divine almost. You know, it's, it's definitely coming from a spot of love and from a place of reverence and worship. I remember, I remember what you done, what you done for me. And that's said all independent of what I believe or don't believe, right? Right. And I often think, this is my own theory here. This is me going off the rails just a little <laughs> Do bit. Do it. Any work that is inspired by the divine is of a certain quality if it's coming from a true place. It's that special place in everybody's heart where the belief comes from. And no matter what you believe, the quality and the connection is there. As long as I'm living. I want to be more like Jesus. Even if you don't go to their church and believe in their religion, you can still feel it yourself. Absolutely. It's that human connection. Yeah. Especially the human voice. Mm. You can hear every single tone. And it's not filtered by anything. These, These guys don't need auto-tune. 
<laughs> they don't they don't need auto tune. I think microphones actually get in the way. We recorded these guys in the church with two microphones and there were seven singers. Don't step on your toes. You know, you stay in your lane. That's what the young people say. If you could squeeze between somebody, boom. The way we sing, the chosen few sings, you can get in between the bass and the baritone. But every now and then that bass will slide up, slide back. But no one would know it because he don't stay there long. I can definitely see the influence your father had in your singing. His lessons really, really do stick with you for your whole life, don't they? Yes, it does. You know, because he's there. You know, he's physically not. But there's nothing that you're a part of that's not in you. Experiences. I can hear his voice. I look in the mirror, I see him. Because every now and then I say, my daddy used to say, my, when I'm preaching, my daddy used to say, experiences give you more to say and do. I can never miss my father because he's right here. Reverend Paschal seems to have really gelled with these gentlemen, and they seem to be coalescing as a group, as close friends. And it's it's hard not to when you're singing together four days a week. And you're singing worship music. Like, these guys believe this together, and they're singing it. Mm-hmm. I think that probably all has to do with them being a tight-knit group. Absolutely. There are a number of reverends and ministers in the group. It's not just Reverend Paschal. So there are a number of preachers, and they can they can sing a gospel. My name is James E. Carter Jr. I live in Yorktown, Virginia. Uh, been with the group on eleven years, and uh, I really really enjoy this singing that we do. And uh, Pastor Parcell, he is a beacon for us because uh, he caused a lot of things for us to be places that we didn't think we can get there, but opened up some doors for us, and we really appreciate it. And for all the people that's listening, The Chosen Few has been around for, for a minute now. I just want to say I enjoy it, and I love the guys I sing with. Praise the Lord, everybody. And my name is uh, Isaac Eyeball Ellison. That's what they know me by. And um, I've been singing with the uh, Chosen Few now for about 11 years, just like I said earlier. And I'm from uh, Hampton, Virginia. Thank you. Hi, my name is Rafael Bizzle. I'm originally from Mississippi, but I've been here since 84 in Hampton, Virginia. This is my fourth year coming this August with you, the Chosen Few. 
I never did acapella style before, but I had some good teachers. Uh, <laughs> these ministers that are here, and I'm grateful for this group. I just thank God that, uh, that he blessed me with this talent, and, and they enjoy teaching me and enjoy listening to some of the songs I sing. But they, they are a great group, and I appreciate Pastor Pachelle for bringing us here to the recording. You never know where you're going or end up to, so it's mm -hmm. a blessing to be here. God bless you, everyone. Amen. Hello, I'm Cornelius Smith, uh, founder of The Chosen Few. Uh, I'm originally from Hampton, Virginia. I've been with the group now 12 years. I really enjoy uh, managing the group, and he's a bunch of nice guys to work with. And, and thank uh, Pastor Parshell for all that he do for us. Thank you. Hi, I'm Brother Kenny Watts. I'm originally from Homer, Louisiana, a small town in Louisiana, but I now reside in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. And that's all I have to say. Thank you. My name is Dennis Ernst. I'm originally from Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, but I reside here in Newport News, Virginia. I've been with the group five years. Thank you. There's a band from Virginia called the Holmes Brothers. They toured the world back in the 80s. They're gospel, blues, rock and roll brothers. Sherman Holmes, Wendell Holmes, and Popsy Dixon. But something they said from the stage is, we'll rock you on Saturday and save you on Sunday. <laughs> and I feel like these Tidewater gospel groups, they will save you on Sunday, but they'll do it in a way that feels like you're getting rocked on Saturday. Just another day that my love my Lord has given me, yes it is, just another way that I've been in my Savior's game. The response to acapella music is the distinct form of art. We've been in venues where there have been other artists that use music. And <laughs> hear me, these are some phenomenal musicians. But when you sing a cappella, those musicians are like Austra. If you've done something that's noteworthy, it's noteworthy. People remember you by what you did if you're not doing anything right now. You can use that as a, a cop-out or be encouraged to go on. That's what I choose to do. The food I ate last week, as good as it was, is gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to keep eating. That's why I said the music still lives because I still live. Yeah. 
What's it like for you when you do go into the field and you meet this group? You've never met these guys before, right? I've met some of them. It's interesting. We have a relationship with Terrence Paschal and the Paschal brothers, and we're building a relationship with the chosen few. But what was funny is I think there was some skepticism in the group because we're some outsiders coming in. Yeah, We don't go to these churches on the regular. Reverend Paschal knows that we follow through. But he had to convince some of the guys, I think, because who are these people coming out with microphones and cameras? I think until we showed up, they were skeptical that we would even show up. But that's what's important about following through. That's what's important about doing what you say you're going to do when you're working with communities that haven't always been treated fairly. If I walk through the pathway If I should work to the close of the day, I shall see the great king. That's a big part of folk life is making sure that these relationships remain intact and are respectful and beneficial for everybody. Well, I was actually going to ask you that. Why do you do it? Is it to keep the tradition alive? Is it to just document it? What's the purpose for you personally? (laughs) <laughs> the short answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the long answer here is I want to see these traditions stay alive. I'm not an expert in most of these forms of expression. I am an outsider in a lot of situations. So I want to make sure that I come in as a guest and show respect and ask questions and see what people need and not, not make assumptions. My father said, if you blow your trumpet loud, make sure it's right. (laughs) Personally, I think that creating music, creating art, creating a living, making food, what else is there in life? That's why I do it. Yeah. Is because... I want to celebrate these things that make life worth living. RZUA Church, 2515 High Street, Portsmouth, Virginia. 23707, that's how we did <laughs> And we thank God for uh, all that are involved, the Library of Congress, Virginia Folk Life, and whoever else that's behind the scenes, because <laughs> no tree stands without roots that's unseen. <laughs> God bless you all. <laughs>